Today on From His Heart, Pastor Jeff Shreve concludes our journey through the Ten Commandments. Everybody has something that is the most important thing in life. And if it's not God, then you have another God before God. You've broken the first commandment, and that comes from a heart that is revealed in the 10th commandment, you shall not covet. Jesus is the antidote to coveting. And when you're looking at other things, it just reveals that you have taken your eyes off the Lord Jesus. And here's the thing, gang, it is so easy to do that. He can heal every scar. Welcome to From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, where today we're looking deeply at the 10th commandment, a commandment that's different from the other commandments because it doesn't deal with action. It deals with attitude. The 10th commandment says, thou shalt not covet. So here's the question we must each ask ourselves and give ourselves an honest answer. Are you a covetous person or are you a contented person? The message we're about to hear today is entitled, The Sin of Coveting and the Joy of Contentment. And it's the last in Pastor Jeff's new 10 lesson series, Written in Stone, a study of the 10 commandments. We've been in them all month long. To listen to any that you've missed or find out how to get the entire series for your gift this month, go to fromhisheart.org. Right now, though, open your Bible to Exodus chapter 20. Here again is Pastor Jeff with part two of The Sin of Coveting and the Joy of Contentment. Now, I want to ask you a question. I want you to think about this for a minute. Are you a covetous person or a contented person? This is a quote from Charles Spurgeon. He said, it's a strange thing that hardly anyone ever admits that he is covetous. Mr. Covetous tries to make us believe that he is only thrifty and prudent, both excellent qualities which are not to be condemned, but he really is greedy and grasping, which are quite different. He denies help to the poor and help to the work of God. All he cares about is himself that he may be rich. Oh, we don't like to think of ourselves as covetous. I want to share with you three important insights from commandment number 10, insights that are convicting, but insights that will help us to break free from this sin. Number one, the sin of coveting is a sin of the heart. It's an internal sin. It's not like committing adultery. It's not like committing murder. You shall not kill, commit murder. You shall not murder. It's not like you shall not steal. That's an action. Coveting is not an action. It's an attitude. It's a sin of the heart. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 19, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, slanders. Now, what does it mean exactly to covet? Coveting means to long after or lust after something with great desire, with an inordinate desire for that thing, whatever that thing is, your neighbor's house, your neighbor's spouse, your neighbor's stuff. You long for that. You have this lust for that. And literally what the word means in Hebrew 
It's an interesting word. Hamad is the Hebrew word. It means to, to delight in something to the point that you must have it. It's okay to delight in something, but to the point of that you must have it. Give you an example. The second time this word is ever used in Scripture is in Genesis chapter 3 with Eve. When the devil is tempting Eve, you eat of this fruit and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was delight, a delight to the eyes, that it was desirable, hamad, to make one wise, she took of the tree and ate and gave to her husband with her, and he ate. She just kept looking at that, saying, I have to have that. I want that. And then coveting is where all other sins are born. It's the breeding ground. It's the incubator for every other sin. That's why the 10th commandment doesn't deal with an action. It deals with an attitude, and all the actions spring out of that attitude. Hey, the sin of coveting, a sin of the heart, a terrible, horrible sin. Secondly, second insight, the sin of coveting is not only a sin of the heart, it is a sin of idolatry, a sin of idolatry. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 5 says this, for this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous, pleonexia is the root word there for covetous, covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. So it puts coveting in with idolatry, who is a covetous man who is an idolater. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Money is a wonderful servant. It's a terrible master. The Lord is the master. We serve him, and he provides for us, and we use money. We don't worship money. Hey, you can't serve God in money, so you dare not let your heart be deceived by the idol of money. Well, you know, the Bible talks about when Jesus did the parable of the sower went out to sow and he threw the seed and some landed on the hard, hard road and some landed on the shallow soil and some landed on the, the thorny soil and then some landed on the good soil. And he said, in the thorny soil, what happens is the, the seed starts coming up and then the, the weeds choke it out. And he explained what the weeds were. He said, worry the worries of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Choke out the word and it becomes unfruitful. The deceitfulness of riches. What's the deceitfulness of riches? The deceitfulness of riches is this. Riches will satisfy, and that's a lie. That's deceit. That's fraud. Riches will not satisfy. And the Bible says riches do not profit in the day of wrath. Solomon, who had so much, Ecclesiastes 5 verse 10, says he who loves money will not be satisfied with money because it doesn't satisfy. It doesn't meet the needs of your heart. As Augustine said, Lord, you have made us for yourself and our souls are restless until they find their rest in you. Jesus was asked, in the book of Luke, to be uh, a referee in an inheritance. Tell my brother to give me my share of the inheritance was the question. And he said to them, Luke 12, 15, 
Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed, pleonexia, wanting more and more. For even when one has an abundance, does his life consist of his possessions? Even when you have an abundance, your life doesn't consist of your possessions. There is no correlation between having a lot of possessions and having happiness. That God didn't set it up that way. So be on guard. Hey, be, be careful with that. Beware, take heed. Jesus asked the question one day, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What would you give in exchange for your soul? Would you give, if you could gain the whole world, would you give your soul? Let's, let's, let's back it down a little bit. Would you give the end of your little pinky finger for a million dollars? I mean, if I said, hey, come up here and let me chop off, well, I get a doctor to do it. Let a doctor chop off the end of your little finger for a million dollars. Would you do that? How many people would take that deal? There are a lot more hands that need to go up. (laughs) I mean, just be honest, I'd probably take it. Uh, Just the end of your little finger, right? It's like, man, I could probably do, do without that. Where, where's the cutoff line? How about, how about we say your, your whole finger for a million dollars? So, well, I don't know, a million dollars, whole finger. How about your whole hand? We'll, we'll sweeten the deal. $10 million, you, you cut off your hand. How about $50 million, you cut off both your arms? $100 million, both your arms and both your legs. You're going to do that? A billion dollars, we'll take your eyesight, we'll take your hearing, we'll take your arms, you'll take your legs. You're just like, no, 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 wait a minute. No, that's too far. I will not do that. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Your soul is worth more than your hand or your arms or your legs or your sight. It's worth everything. It lasts forever. And some of you are making a trade and you're getting a whole lot less for a whole lot more because you are trading your soul. And here's the thing, you know, riches do not profit. The deceitfulness of riches, I will satisfy you. Here's the thing, if you could gain the whole world, you wouldn't be satisfied. This is what would happen. If you could gain the whole world, this is what would happen to you. You would go outside one day and you would look up and see the moon. You'd say, man, I need the moon then I'd be happy. If I just had the moon, I mean, I have the whole world, but I had the whole world yesterday and the day before. I'm just kind of tired of the whole world, but I don't have the moon. And you would be so unhappy till you had the moon. And once you got the moon, then you would look at the stars. It's never going to be enough. The sin of coveting is a sin of idolatry. You put something in the place of God and you're saying, that's what I need to be happy. The sin of coveting, thirdly, you say, how do we defeat this thing? This thing is huge. I mean, be on guard against every form of greed. It's not about what you have. It's not what's in your purse. It's what's in your person. And so the sin of coveting is defeated in Jesus Christ. That's how you break free from coveting to contentment. It's all found in Jesus. It's in a person. It's not in things. It's not in blessings. It's in the blessor himself. 
Let your character be free from the love of money, Hebrews 13, 5. Being content with what you have, not desiring more and more and more and more, being content with what you have. For he himself says, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we may confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What shall man do to me? Being content with what you have. As a Christian, what do you have? You have the creator God living inside your heart through the person of the Holy Spirit. Can there be anything greater than that? Having Jesus is having everything. And that's what it's all about, to understand what you have in the Lord Jesus, how rich I am since Jesus came my way, redeem my soul and turn my night to day. How rich, how very rich I am. The song says, friends all around me are trying to find what the heart yearns for by sin undermined. I've learned the secret. I know where it is found. Only true pleasures in Jesus abound. Jesus is all this world needs today. Blindly men strive for sin darkens their way. Oh, to pull back the grim curtain of night. One look at Jesus and all will be bright. You know, people are looking for satisfaction in all the wrong places. Solomon said, for who can eat and who can have enjoyment without him? No one, no one. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher, vanity of vanities. All is vanity without God. Because in every human heart, there's a God-shaped vacuum, as Pascal said. And the only thing that fills a God-shaped vacuum is God himself. Jesus is the antidote to coveting. And when you're looking at other things, it just reveals that you have taken your eyes off the Lord Jesus. And here's the thing, gang, it is so easy to do that. Charles Spurgeon says this, it is so very easy a thing to be covetous that no class of society is free from it. How did the Lord word that in the book of the Revelation? The very first letter, Revelation chapter 2, the first letter to Ephesus. Hey, you're doing a lot of good things, church in Ephesus, but I have this against you. What? That you have left your first love. You've drifted away from your first love. Other things are now more important to you than I am. When God is not the most important thing in your life, you have become an idolater because something else is more important to you. Everybody has something that is the most important thing in life. And if it's not God, then you have another God before God. You've broken the first commandment, and that comes from a heart that is revealed in the 10th commandment, you shall not covet. Jesus is the antidote to coveting, to understand what you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, one of the great names of God is found in Exodus chapter 3, where God visits Moses at the burning bush. And Moses says, what is your name, Lord? You're going to deliver Israel. Who am I to do that? And they're going to ask me, what's your name? What am I going to tell them? Lord, I don't know your name. He says, you tell them I am who I am. I am who I am. I am sent you. Jesus, in the book of John, he said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. And they said, how, how have you seen Abraham? You're not yet 50 years old, and you've seen Abraham? He said, before Abraham was born, I am. And they picked up stones to stone him. Why? Because that is the name of God. And Jesus was revealing to the, them in very clear terms, I am 
God. Penalty for blasphemy was death. And if you said that, if I said that, if any one of us said that, we should be stoned in Israel. But Jesus can say that. Why? Because he is God, God in the flesh. Now, I want you to think about the name, I am. It's an unfinished sentence. I am, I am what? I am everything that you need. You, you need a friend? The Lord says, I'm a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You need forgiveness? The Lord is a forgiving God. You need hope? He is the God of hope. You need grace? He's the God of all grace. You need healing? He is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. He is our maker, creator, redeemer, and friend. He's everything that we ever need, will need, will ever need. It's found in the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the great I am. He is the God of the universe. And if you're trying to find satisfaction in money, if you're trying to find satisfaction in a, a new house, a new car, this job, that job, the other job, you're never going to find it. It's not going to satisfy. You only find satisfaction in the Lord for who can eat and who can have enjoyment without him. So Jesus is the antidote to coveting, and we will only find our satisfaction and contentment in him. You're not going to find it anywhere else. It doesn't exist anywhere else. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 4, not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me, all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Paul learned the secret. He's writing to the Philippians. He's incarcerated when he writes. But he learned the secret. So even in incarceration, he has joy. He has contentment in his heart. How is that possible? Through Christ. It's only possible through Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I remember when I was in college, I had a friend of mine, and he was talking about learning that verse, Philippians 4.13, and he said, you know, I was trying out for the football team, and I kept telling myself, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and I made the tackle. I kicked the field goal because I said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, Paul wasn't thinking in terms of making the tackle or kicking the field goal. He's not talking about that. He's talking about in whatever circumstances you find yourself, whether you are incarcerated, whether you are hungry, or whether you're on top of the world, it doesn't matter your circumstance because what matters is your relationship with the Lord. And Jesus gives you joy, and Jesus gives you peace, and Jesus gives you love. The fruit of the Spirit is not dependent upon circumstances. It is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. We fix our eyes on Jesus, Hebrews says. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Your problem, my problem, our problem is we take our eyes off Jesus. We start to look to other things. Other things start to seem pretty exciting. Each one is tempted when he's carried away and enticed by his own lust. And when lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. And it might be fun for a while, but it will leave you empty. You know, if you are lost at sea, and you're dying of thirst, if you're not wise, you say, well, here's salt water. I'll just drink that because that'll quench my thirst. 
Well, it may quench it for a brief moment, but then the salt water will cause your body to dehydrate and it will kill you. Now, as I close out for today, on the 10th commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, neighbor's spouse, anything that belongs to your neighbor. I want you to think about a verse, Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. The apostle Paul said this, for as for me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Everything in the Apostle Paul's life was about Jesus. Jesus was the source of his life, the satisfaction of his life, the subject of his life, the Savior of his life. Everything was about Jesus. For as for me, to live is Christ and to die is gain, he said. Now, I want you to think and be very, very honest. How do you complete that verse? For to me, to live is blank. To live is what? To live is success. To live is money. To live is promotion. To live is pleasure. That's what I live for. What is it for you? Whatever you put in that blank, for to me, to live is blank. If it is not Christ, then you finish it by saying, and to die is loss. To die is loss. You live for family, you say, well, that's just such a noble thing to live for family. Your family can die. And you live long enough and your family will die. And you need, and I need, and we need to get sober about where we are trying to find our satisfaction. Are you trying to find your satisfaction in just a little more? If I get just a little more, just a little more business clout, just a little more money, just a little higher up on the corporate ladder, then I'll be happy. You won't be. Listen, if you can't find satisfaction in Jesus, you're not looking because Jesus is the source of satisfaction. How about you today? Are you enjoying the satisfaction that Jesus brings? Perhaps you know you're a believer that Jesus is indeed the Lord and Savior of your life, but your covetousness has caused distance between you and God. Or maybe you know that right now, at this moment, you're not a child of God. You've never surrendered in repentance and faith to Jesus. He created you to love Him and to serve Him. Would you start that today? Go to bumhisheart.org, click the Why Jesus link to discover how to begin your life in Christ. Today you heard part two of the message, The Sin of Coveting and the Joy of Contentment, from the new 10-message series that we've been in all month long called Written in Stone, a study of the Ten Commandments. It's a vital study for believers and non-believers alike. This series is our gift of thanks to you this month for your support to From His Heart of any amount. And you can request it on a USB flash drive, digital download, CDs, or DVDs. Your choice. Call 866-40-BIBLE, 866-40-BIBLE, or simply go online to fromhisheart.org and make that gift today requesting the series Written in Stone. And thank you for helping us reach more people with the good news of Jesus as you support From His Heart today. 
Time is gone for now. I'm Larry Nobles, and we want to thank you for joining us, and we pray that these messages have been a blessing to you all month long, and that you'll be right back with us next time as we close out the month on our knees with the Lord. Join us on Wednesday for the lesson, Do You Know the Way to Pray? That's when we'll open up the Word of God and share real truth, real love, and real hope from His heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, who for 20 years has been broadcasting the truth and love on From His Heart to the lost and hurting people of the world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.